Welcome to the Every Nation Rosebank Church Podcast. At our church, we honor God, make disciples, and transform nations. For more information about our church, visit everynationrosebank.org and don't forget to subscribe. Thank you, Jesus. So I have the honor of um, uh, delivering the final installment in the uh, Galatians series, The Gospel Must Rise. And I will speak this morning on Christian liberty, the freedom that we have in Christ Jesus. Amen. Amen. So a number of pastors have uh, done an awesome work over the past uh, six weeks, and uh, I've got the honor of just placing the roof on this edifice that we've been building, and we trust God for that. Amen. Amen. Heavenly Father, we bless you for this morning, and we bless you for the ministry of your word. Father, we give you all honor, all glory, and praise. In Jesus' name, amen. I uh, will read from Galatians chapter 5, verses 1 to 6. Stand fast, therefore, in the liberty wherewith Christ hath made us free, and be not entangled again with the yoke of bondage. Behold, I, Paul, say unto you, that if ye be circumcised, Christ shall profit you nothing. For I testify again to every man that is circumcised, that is a debtor to do the whole law. Christ is become of no effect unto you. Whosoever of you are justified by the law, you are fallen from grace. For we through the Spirit wait for the hope of righteousness by faith. For in Jesus Christ, neither circumcision availeth anything, nor uncircumcision, but faith which worketh by love. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. The book of Galatians is the Apostle Paul's first epistle. Uh, he, he wrote a total of 13 epistles, and the letter to the Galatians is the very first that he wrote. And this was written in about A.D. 57. The Apostle Paul had embarked on three missionary journeys. And in all the three missionary journeys, he had gone to the province of Galatia. It was a province, one of the Roman provinces. And preached the gospel there and helped establish the churches in the province of Galatia. Some 18 to 24 months after those churches had been established and were walking in the faith, Paul got a bad report from the province of Galatia that some Judaizers had gone in after he had left and they began to pervert the gospel of Jesus Christ. Paul had preached that you know, justification can only be gotten by any man or woman through faith in Christ Jesus alone and nothing else. But those who came after him came with another gospel, which is not a gospel at all, because there is only one gospel. And the gospel that they preached was that the people had to have faith in Jesus Christ, plus the men had to be circumcised for them to be justified. And that is something that 
disturbed the caring apostle. Paul found himself at a place where his spirit was aggrieved that so soon after he had left, so soon after he had established his churches, a perverted message he had been taken in into the churches. You know, we get to see from the book of Acts some of the churches that were in the province of Galatia. In Acts 14, we read of the church called Iconium, then Lystra, Derby, and Antioch. Those were some of the churches in the province of Galatia. These churches had been established on the sound foundation, which is Jesus Christ. They had turned from the kingdom of darkness to the kingdom of light and stepped their faith in Christ Jesus and Jesus alone and nothing else. For their justification, they needed no works. They needed no adherence to some law, but just faith in the one that God had sent to save the whole world. Glory to God. And when we read in the book of Acts, when Paul was preaching to these churches, signs and wonders followed. You know, daily people were being added to the churches through the message of the gospel of Jesus Christ. And in Antioch, when we read of the church in Antioch, the Bible tells us that the believers were called Christians for the first time in Antioch. They were called Christians because they were Christ-like. They were called Christians because they believed in Jesus Christ. They prayed like Jesus used to pray. They walked like he used to walk. And now when Paul got this message that now there was an addition to what he had taught them, he had told them that they needed to be circumcised for them to attain full salvation in Jesus Christ. It disturbed the caring apostle. Paul got to writing and he wrote this first epistle to the church in Galatia. Unlike his other epistles, which he would detect, you know, to transcribers that would write on his behalf. The letter to the Galatians was written in his own handwriting and with large letters. Glory to God. Hallelujah. So as he writes this letter, he is on the war path. He's got his war paint on. He's got no time for necessities. He's got no time for protocol because the souls of men are in danger and the foundations of the gospel were being disturbed and perverted. When he writes the letter to the Galatians, he has no commendation for them. He has no word of praise. He has no thanksgiving. He does not even mention who is with him as was his pattern with the other epistles. He goes to the heart of the matter. He invokes his apostleship. He declares that he received the gospel by revelation. And he was appointed to be an apostle, not by man or from man, but by God through the Lord Jesus Christ. Glory to Jesus. So that is where we start off this morning. Glory to Jesus. Hallelujah. In the first instance, I will speak of the liberty that we have in Christ Jesus. Hallelujah. The Bible says, stand therefore in the liberty wherewith Christ hath made us free. You know, when we speak of liberty, there are three kinds of liberty that I want to, to speak of 
before I move on with this message. Firstly, there is a civil liberty. We enjoy, we enjoy the civil rights that we do because we live under a constitutional democracy. We can do this, that, and the other under the covering of the law. You know, we are a free people. We can express ourselves. We can choose who we associate with because of the civil rights that we enjoy. You know, that's a nice piece of liberty to have. But most of the civil liberties, if not all of them, they are ceremonial and they are external. We move on to the next kind of liberty, the carnal liberty. Under carnal liberty, anything goes. I do what I want when I want. I eat what I want. I can choose how I, I conduct myself and carry on with my life. That kind of liberty is exemplified by the life that we see in the book of Judges in the Old Testament. The Bible says in those days in the nation of Israel, there was no king. Every person did what was right in their own eyes. Under carnality, people are neither subject to the laws of God nor the laws of man. They become their own lawmakers and their own judges. And that leads to endless problems. In that though it's called a liberty, it's actually bondage. You know, and that leads to the works of the flesh that we see in Galatians 5 from verse 19 onwards. But thanks be to God for Christian liberty. Amen. Glory to Jesus. Hallelujah. The Bible, when it refers to this liberty, it says it's the glorious liberty of the children of God. Amen. It's the liberty that comes when you stake your faith and hope on Christ Jesus as the Savior. Glory to God. And this liberty, you know, does away with every, every shackle. It does away with every fetter, every chain that seeks to bind you. It's broken when you come to the place of placing your confidence in nothing but Jesus Christ. You know, the old hymn says, Christ Jesus, the solid rock on him I stand. Every other ground is sinking sand. Glory to God. The liberty which Christ gives, you know, gives peace to the conscience. The Bible says we now we have peace with God, having been justified by faith. You know, when I read in the book of Psalms, the Bible says God is angry with the wicked daily. But when you come to a relationship with Jesus Christ, the war that is between you and God gives way to peace, which you find in Jesus Christ. Glory to God. You know, you've got peace in your conscience because the guilt is taken away by the blood of Jesus. Hallelujah. And when you look at the book of Genesis after Adam and Eve fell, they tried to patch up and cover their shame by putting together fig leaves. You know, human ways are fickle in getting us commendable to God. We can never work ourselves up to a state of acceptability before God. Glory to God and thank God for Jesus. You know, when we come to a place of having a relationship with Christ, you know, we put off the old man. You know, we are clothed with Jesus Christ. You know, in the Old Testament, if you remember the story of Esau and Jacob, Jacob 
stole Esau's birthright. And the beautiful thing about that is that, you know, he slew a goat and took its skin, covered himself, you know, with that skin, and went before Isaac. And Isaac reached him and said, I feel this skin is really of my son Esau, but the voice is that of Jacob. And he said, I can even smell the smell of the wild, which is beautiful, which is the smell of my son Esau. And yet it was Jacob. And what I just want to submit this morning is that similarly you and me, when we come to faith in Christ Jesus, we are clothed with Christ. And when we approach God, when we go before God, God smells Jesus Christ. God feels Jesus Christ about our lives. You know, and we even have the sweet smelling aroma of the fragrance of Jesus Christ. In the book of Songs of Solomon, the Bible says the name of the Lord is like perfume poured forth. So when I go before the presence of God, there is an aroma, there is a fragrance of the presence of Jesus Christ. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. I um, thank you, Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. <laughs> thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, I I I misdrove the remote there. Thank you. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Um, you know, the next point that I want to talk of uh, this morning is the yoke of bondage. Galatians 5, uh, verse 1b, and it reads as follows, Be not entangled again with the yoke of bondage. And what I like about this portion of Scripture is that there is a witness to it. Uh, Peter also says the same thing after the gathering of the Jerusalem council in Acts 15, verse 10. Why tempt ye God to put a yoke upon the neck of the disciples, which neither our fathers nor we were able to bear? Hallelujah. You know, uh, uh, Paul likens uh, seeking justification by adherence to the law to being hitched to a, to a yoke like an oxen. You know, tied down to a walk, yoke like an oxen. You know, the, the life of, a, of an ox is a life of hard work. It's a life of hard labor and toil and little fruit. Now, as a, as a believer, if you seek to be justified by the Lord, the Bible likens that to being hitched to a yoke. An ox, all its life is in a life of, of toil and takes brief breaks to graze and after that it goes back to work. When it has served the master all the years and it's old and tired, it's then slaughtered and eaten. Oxtail, Pastor Simon says. <laughs> you know, the, there is no fruit in that and furthermore, Oxen are castrated. They have got no fruit. They cannot reproduce. And Paul likens seeking justification under the law to being yoked to a yoke like an oxen. But this morning I've got good news for you. 
You know, the Lord Jesus Christ says, Come unto me, all ye that labor, and I heavy laden, and I will give you rest. You know, learn of me, for I am meek and lowly. Take my yoke, for my yoke is easy. You know what makes the Lord's yoke beautiful? Is that he carries the Lord 100%. There is nothing that I contribute to my salvation. There is no work that I can proffer. There is nothing that I can bring. It's all on Jesus 100%. Glory to God. It's Jesus from the beginning to the end. It's Jesus every inch of the journey. He's the one who carries me. He carries all my burdens. My sins are nailed to the cross. Hallelujah. Thank you, blessed Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. Circumcision. You know, the church in Galatia, the men were being told, unless you are circumcised, your faith is not complete. Unless you are circumcised, you, you do not have to have a complete relationship with God. So you need to do this one thing for you to attain a state of perfection. Hallelujah. So we read this portion of scripture. Behold, I, Paul, say unto you, that if ye be circumcised, Christ shall profit you nothing. For I testify again to every man that is circumcised, that is a debtor to do the whole law. Christ is become of no effect unto you. Whosoever of you, of, of you are justified by the law, you are fallen from grace. For we through the Spirit wait for the hope of righteousness by faith. You know, the law condemns the best man and grace justifies the worst sinner. You know, that's the beauty about the law, about, about grace, about coming to faith in Christ Jesus. You are justified merely by believing that Jesus is the Son of God and he died for you. In a similar way that Abraham was justified by believing God's word, his promises, and it was counted for him to righteousness. Hallelujah. Now circumcision. Circumcision was a right under the Abrahamic covenant. You know, that was the outward token, the outward sign of the covenant that Abraham entered into with God. That all the males in his family would be circumcised. And every newborn baby, boy, would be circumcised on the eighth day. You know, to be consistent with that covenant. It started when Abraham had faith in God, but that was subsequently incorporated in the Mosaic law. So it became a law that all the Israelites had to be circumcised before they could even enter the temple of God. But I just want to declare this morning that the Bible says circumcision avails nothing as far as salvation is concerned. You know, and that would apply to a Jew. And the non-Gentile might be excited that, oh, thank God, I'm uncircumcised, so I'm okay. Paul then goes further and says, even uncircumcision availeth nothing. So whether you are circumcised or not, it is morally neutral. It does not add any saving value to your life. Glory to Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. 
And the problem with circumcision is twofold. Number one, you make void the finished work of the cross when you trust in circumcision. You are, in other words, saying Christ is good for nothing. Christ died for nothing. Christ did not really need to work to, to, to die for me because I can work this thing out. I get circumcised and I'm sorted and I'm right with God. And I just want to say that under the law, as the Bible says in Romans 3.20, that through the deeds of the law, no flesh can be justified. Our justification comes through staking our faith in the only Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, who died for our sins. The Bible says he was bruised for iniquities. He was wounded for transgressions. The chastisement for our peace was upon him. And by his stripes we are made whole. And through the finished work of the cross, we've got access to God by grace through faith. Glory to God. Hallelujah. And this wonderful apostle to the Gentiles, Paul, was circumcised himself. So he was speaking about something that he practiced, something that he knew. When he writes to the, to the Philippians, he declares this. He says, I was circumcised on the eighth day. You know, and he goes on to say of the, of the stock of Israel, of the tribe of Benjamin, and Hebrew of Hebrews, as touching the law of Pharisee, concerning zeal persecuting the church, as touching righteousness which is of the law, I was blameless. Then he goes on to say, but those things which are gain for me. I counted them laws. I counted them dung that I may gain Jesus Christ. You know, Paul grew under the law, lived under the law, but got to a place where he realized that even in spite of conforming to the strictest sect, you know, of the Pharisees, he still fell short of the grace of God. This salvation cannot be earned. This salvation cannot be worked for. This salvation cannot be bought. And as I stand on this point, I just want to say this one thing. The law of God is not despised. The law of God has not been degraded. The law of God has not been set aside. It still stands in its majesty as a towering mountain. The law of God remains. The Bible says the law of God is perfect. Converting the soul. Hallelujah. And this morning, in all its majesty, when you look at the law, and the moral law, the ceremonial law, everything that fell under the law, as a human being, you get to a place where you throw your hands in the air and say, I cannot meet this. I cannot fulfill this. But thanks be unto God for Jesus Christ. The Bible says, you know, you and I as Gentiles, in times past, we were outside the commonwealth of Israel. You know, we were aliens, you know, to the covenant of promise. But God in his love, you know, sent Jesus Christ at a time when we were without God and without hope in the world. And he preached peace to those who were near and those who were far away. And he has broken down the middle of partition, making one from two, bringing the Gentiles and the Jews together in Christ Jesus. And furthermore, Paul declares this to the church in Galatia. 
And he says, in the fullness of time, God sent his son, you know, born of a woman, born under the law, that he may redeem those who were under the law. This morning, it's a glorious, glorious story that Jesus Christ was born of a woman. There was no male intervention. There was no man involved in the birth of Jesus Christ. If there had been a man, Jesus would have been tainted with the sin of, of Adam. He would have had the sin nature of Adam. But uh, Jesus was born as the Holy Spirit overshadowed Mary the Virgin. And she conceived without having met with a man. And uh, through that, a sinless man was brought into the world. And as this sinless man was brought into the world, he was a perfect sacrifice for sin. You know, when he was on the road to Emmaus with the disciples who were grieving, he said to them, the law and the prophets wrote about me. You know, everything that we see in the Old Testament, you know, everything that we read of in the Old Testament was pointing to one man and one man only, Jesus Christ. When you read the law, it pointed to Jesus Christ. All the ceremonies, the tabernacles, everything that was in the Old Testament pointed to the perfect sacrifice, Jesus Christ, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. Glory to God. And this morning, this Jesus, as sinless as he was, you know, he died a shameful death on the cross. You know, a living man, a living Christ, uh, dying so that sinners could live. You know, he was the perfect sacrifice in that God, wherever there is sin, there is a need for judgment because God is a just God. Hallelujah. And if any of us here were to face the judgment of God, the earth would carve open under our feet and they would disappear into oblivion. But thank God for Jesus. Jesus Christ was the perfect sacrifice. You know, the blows of God's justice fell upon him. You know, the anger of God's justice fell upon him. He, he bore everything. He took every, 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 every blow for you and me. And this morning, my brother and my sister, you know, a man who was sinless stood in your place bearing your sins. A man we had never spoken a wrong word. We had never taken a wrong step. We had never done anything wrong. He, perf he completely uh, fulfilled the law from start to finish. He was perfectly obedient to the Father, even to the death of the cross. And that Jesus, that Nazarene, carried your sins and mine. Glory to God. The Bible says we all, you and me, yet gone astray like sheep. But God has laid upon him the iniquity of us all. Everything you've ever done wrong, everything you've ever messed up was cast on Jesus Christ. You need not carry your burdens. You need not carry your sins, your trespasses, your transgressions. Jesus is the sin bearer and the perfect sin bearer at that. You know, in the whole wild world, there are only two religions. Hallelujah. Just two, not three, not four. Just two. All religions can be grouped into just one religion. The religion of works. 
where I've got to do something to be accepted by God, where I've got to conform to some ordinances to be accepted by God, where I've got to work myself up to a state of righteousness to be accepted by God. But the Bible says after we've done our best, it is as filthy rags. When you've done your best, God looks and says, no, this is, this is not acceptable. But thank God for grace. The other religion, and it's the only religion like that, where men and women can be saved by grace through faith. Hallelujah. Where you come to God by grace through faith. You know, salvation in Christ Jesus. You know, I did not pay for this salvation because I could have never afforded it. You know, what could I offer God? What could I give God? I couldn't give him gold because he owns all of it anyway. I couldn't offer him silver because it's all his. But the blood of Jesus Christ, the sinless blood, which speaks better than that of Abel, he has washed away my sins. He has rolled away my burden. I am saved. My soul is escaped out of the snare of the fowler like a bird. I am free, free, free because of what Jesus did at the cross. Glory to Jesus. Hallelujah. Awesome God. Thank you, blessed Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you, blessed Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you, blessed Jesus. Hallelujah. You know, this portion of Scripture is the only prophetic, prophetic uh, verse in the book of Galatians. Hallelujah. It reads as follows. For we through the Spirit wait for the hope of righteousness by faith. Glory to Jesus. Hallelujah. You know, once you've, been declared, you, you, you've accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, you know, God imputes the righteousness of Christ on you. Hallelujah. The Bible says, He that knew no sin was made sin for us at the cross, that we through him might be made the righteousness of God in, in Christ. Amen. Amen. And this morning, you know, we've got a, a beautiful hope, a joyous hope. You know, in this world, we, work, we, we, we walk through the sin-stained streets of this world. We still face trials. We still face tribulations. We still face temptations. Even the holiest of saints is tempted day in and day out. But the beautiful thing is that we've got victory over temptations. With each and every temptation, the Bible says God makes a way of escape. Glory to God. Hallelujah. And there is coming a day where you and me will have no tempter, will have no temptation to contend with. We'll get to a place in glory where our full liberty will be consummated, where sin will be done away with. There will not only be a, a justified people there, there will be an absence of sin. You know, there will no longer be any sin to deal with because we hold that hope in Christ Jesus. The Bible declares in uh, Titus 2 uh, from verse 11 that the grace of God which brings salvation has appeared to all men, 
teaching us that denying ungodliness and worldly lusts, we should live soberly, godly, and righteously in this present life, looking for that blessed hope and glorious appearing of the great God and our Savior, Jesus Christ. This morning, my brother and my sister, you've got a savior and you've got a hope of glory. There is coming a day when you will be totally free, free from temptation, from the presence of sin. Glory to Jesus because of the liberty that we have in Christ Jesus. And as I draw to a close this morning, I just want to say there is a beautiful thing about the, the liberty that Christ gives. It's a liberty that no one can take away from you. It's a liberty that cannot be set aside or suspended. You know, when we were going through the pandemic, we, were to, we went through a season where liberties were suspended or set aside. But the liberty that Christ G Jesus gives will never be rescinded. It's a liberty that holds for time and for eternity. Your name is written in the Lamb's book of life. But while you are here, walk in this liberty, walk in this grace, and abide in the freedom that Christ has freed you for. And as I conclude this morning, brothers and sisters, I just want to say that the reason why the devil would want to hold the people back from the fullness of justification by faith in the gospel and keep them on a leash is so that they don't get to experience the fullness of what God has in store for them. Hallelujah. Jesus Christ cuts you loose from anything that would seek to hold you back. He cuts you loose from ungodly habits. He cuts you loose from sin. You can live free and victoriously as a believer through Jesus Christ. You know, somebody can say, how do you do that? You know, when you are a person who has come to a faith in Christ, the one thing that you can do to attain victory, always go back to him, run back to him. In all circumstances and situations, we don't overcome in our own abilities. We don't overcome in our own strength. We overcome by stacking everything on Christ, by taking his easy yoke, and he works out everything. And this morning you might be saying, but I'm struggling with this sin, that sin, and the other. I just want to tell you, my brother and my sister, there is hope for you. Run to Christ. Run to him daily. Run to him hourly. Run to him every morning moment you are awake. We are not able to stand in our own strength. We stand in the strength of the power of the Holy Spirit. Amen. As you walk in this liberty, God will usher you into an arena where you experience more and more of him. Unless we stand in the liberty that is ours in Christ Jesus, we aren't able to walk the walk of faith. We aren't able to walk in the Spirit. We aren't able to get to a place where the fruit of the Spirit blossoms in our lives. So my brother and my sister, anything that holds you back, Christ would want you free and free, holy and totally. Amen. Amen. Shall we stand? Glory to God. Hallelujah. Thank you, blessed Lord Jesus. Thank you for this glorious grace. Thank you for salvation. Thank you for the love. Thank you for the grace that we could never earn. The grace that uh, is unmerited and unmeritable. Thank you, Father, for the blood of Jesus, which is sprinkled over every soul that comes to you, Father, 
even for salvation, for justification. And Lord, as we stand this morning, I pray for every person in this auditorium. I pray, Heavenly Father, that the words that I've spoken, Lord, may sink in their hearts and in their spirits. I pray, Father, that where there are bondages, Lord, you bring them out by your power. I pray that, Father, you cut, or Father, your children loose from sin, from ungodly habits. Father, from seeking justification in works, Heavenly Father, or ordinances or traditions of man. I pray, Sovereign God, for total and whole liberty in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. And this morning you might be here and wondering what this man talking about. How can I access this love, this liberty? You know, Jesus is calling. Jesus stands ready to set free, to save your soul. You might be here this morning and you've never committed your life to Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. Or at some point in the past, you had committed your life, but you departed from the faith. You walked away from him. God is calling you. He wants to have a relationship with you. He wants to live in your heart and to be Lord of your life. He wants to yoke you to the easy yoke where he carries the whole Lord, where his grace just abounds in your life. And if you are such an one this morning, I would like to offer you this invitation before I move away from the podium. If you'd like to surrender your life or to recommit your life to Jesus Christ, I would like you to show me by raising your right hand and I will pray with you in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you for those hands and God bless you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Anyone else who's saying, Lord, I'm coming home. Lord, I'm coming out of bondage. I'm coming out of oppression. I'm coming to you. Father, here is my life. Take me and make me what you would. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. I'd like the individuals that have raised their hands to um, uh, come forward. Uh, you can take your belongings and come forward to the podium in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you. You can stand there. Yeah, you can stand there. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Uh, please pray this prayer after me. Hallelujah. Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus, I come to you this afternoon and I confess that I'm a sinner and that I cannot save myself. In response to your word, I declare and confess that Jesus is the Son of God and that he died for my sins. I stake my life on him from this point forward. In Jesus' name, amen. Hallelujah. Amen.